What's going on everybody, Brad here. Just to let you know the intros and outros of this episode were pre-recorded, so if there was any news or discussion points I didn't cover, that's why. We'll get back to up-to-date coverage shortly, and of course stay tuned for any bonus episodes if there is any news to cover. Thanks everybody. Everyone, remain calm. Back for more, huh? Oh, yeah, ooh, ah, uh, that's how it always starts. And later there's running and screaming. Somebody talk to me! What is happening? Welcome to Jurassic World. And now, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Jurassic Park Podcast. How long is it going to take for that to spread around the globe? (laughs) This was all John Hammond's dream. (laughs) Hold on to your buttons. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 247th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Jost, and we're here to discuss all things Jurassic Park. In today's episode, we hear from Tom Fishenden with another installment of the Innovation Center. So in today's segment, he is joined by Connor O'Keefe, and the two discuss working at a museum, how the franchise may have influenced museum life, and how you can potentially get involved in museum careers. I think it is a a nice respite from Jurassic for a bit, and and also a great look into the actual dinosaur life of today, not just uh, the film version of dinosaurs. So if you like this one, we may also have some more content like this in the future for all you listeners out there. But again, another short intro from me, so why don't we go ahead and get this episode kicked off by heading into the Innovation Center to learn a little bit about museums. If I don't innovate, somebody else will. Due to technical difficulties, all our exhibits are now closed. You are acting like we are engaged in some kind of mad science. And Zara here is going to take great care of you until I'm done working tonight, okay? Scarier? Um, cooler, I believe, is the word that you use in your memo. Any incidents? Yeah, six kids in the lost and found, uh, 28 down with heat stroke. All of this exists because of me. Just like taking a stroll through the woods 65 million years ago. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Innovation Center here on the Jurassic Park podcast. So today we have got a very, very exciting episode for you. Uh, Today we are going to be thinking all about museums. So obviously they are something which I think a lot of us are missing at the moment. We can't get out and we can't see dinosaur bones. So we thought, well, why not bring some of the museum back home to you guys listening at home? So with all of that said, I am very excited to say that I have got a special guest with me today for this episode. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Hi everyone, um, my name is Connor. Um, I work in museums, uh, ones which have dinosaur skeletons in them. I'm very excited to be here. I've been a long-time listener, so I'm uh, very excited to get involved. Yeah, definitely, man. I mean, we've been talking on and off about it for a while, so I think it's going to be really nice to finally have you involved in the segment and then see how it goes, get you more involved, hopefully, in the future. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun. 
Absolutely. Um, yeah, but yeah, cool. So, um, yeah, basically today we're going to be talking a little bit about obviously your experience working at museums um also how kind of the films and the franchise have influenced museums and then how other people can look at getting into that sort of career um are there perhaps any parallels with how you got into it are there any things that they could do to maximize their chances of doing it all that kind of fun stuff um so yeah um i think that kind of sums it up quite yeah nice. sounds good to me yeah so um what kind of work do you do at museums then, Connor? Yeah, so um, my main role, uh, what I've done at the museums I've worked at, I work as a educator, a uh, museum educator, um, sometimes referred to as a science communicator. Um, so what that basically is, is that um, I talk to the general public. Um, people come in, uh, you go to a museum to learn stuff, and I'm part of a team that helps people understand the things we have on display and also our scientific concepts and ideas around the museum's work and research. And uh, most excitingly, of course, that includes paleontology and dinosaurs, which I'm sure everyone listening is a big fan of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. So um, in terms of you personally, I suppose, did your interest in Jurassic and Jurassic Park kind of inspire you to pursue that as a career? Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Uh, <laughs> so um, I, I grew up watching the original uh, Jurassic Park films. Um, and like, I'm sure a lot of people, uh, my hero was Dr. Grant. I wanted to be Dr. Grant, the dinosaur man, uh, so much. And um, yeah, and, and I just had a, a really big interest in animals as well, um, and the natural world. And um, I was lucky enough to grow up in a city with... Uh, uh, amazing museums that I got to visit and they were they were free as well um and so yeah all of that together but definitely growing up with Jurassic and still being a huge Jurassic fan has has helped uh yeah yeah that's good to hear I think there's a lot of Jurassic fans out there who are kind of quite engaged with the museum scene and I mean you see people like um Stephen Ray Morris for example who's always yeah. trying to do stuff with his local museum and uh, there's Boy Jurassic my friend Nick who does a lot to do with paleontology obviously James Ronan who is going through university and getting his qualifications in paleontology so I think it's always really interesting seeing how much crossover there is between the science and the community as a whole um so i i guess in that kind of regard what are some of the most interesting questions you get um in like your day-to-day -day job where obviously people have potentially been informed by things like jurassic park but aren't necessarily aware of the <laughs> science behind it <laughs> yeah um well i think a, a big part of it is um people go and see the movies and um they want to know more about their favorites yeah. And such. So we get loads of people asking about raptors um, <laughs> and T-Rex, which obviously is really, really fun to talk about. Yeah. And um, a, a really um, amazing part about working in a museum is kind of being able to blow people's minds, <laughs> um, especially with stuff like raptors is obviously, you know, um, in the movies that they're, they're quite like, big, like as tall as a, an adult human. Um, but whereas the Velociraptor species uh, was you know, obviously quite small, like a fox size, and being able to show people the fossils of Velociraptor, like, oh, you know, 
one in the movie is kind of based on a different type of raptor, but this is what a velociraptor would have looked like. And just seeing that click in people's heads, like, wow, that's cute. That's not what I'm used to seeing with a velociraptor. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think I think that's a big part. But also, um, yeah, loads in, in the museums, it's not just about dinosaurs. We've got loads of questions about animals and such and um, kind of what you can learn from modern-day animals and apply that to dinosaurs is obviously a huge part of paleontology now. Um, yeah. yeah, learning learning from nature around us. So, um, yeah, people come in with all sorts of questions. Um, and I think that the new movies have really, really helped with uh, kind of getting dinosaurs out there once again, yeah. um, which is amazing and for, for all audiences as well. And it's, it's great because they see the dinosaurs on screen and they want to come and learn more and they come to, come to the museum and, and learn from, from people like, like my team. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. You know, that's really good to hear. And I think that ultimately um, Colin and everyone who's working on the films is clearly very committed to that side of it. Because yeah. I know I saw um, an interview with him the other day, I think it was, or it was a podcast I was listening to, where he said that he had made sure that all of the facts on the Jurassic World website were accurate oh, and things like cool. that to encourage people to engage with that. So I think that's really good. Um We'll come back to that in a minute, but I'm quite interested. What is a normal day working at a museum like? Like, how does that function for you? Uh, okay, so I work at um, a quite quite a big museum currently. Um, there's loads and loads of staff, and obviously everyone has everyone's got really really important jobs in different departments. But for me personally, in the education department, if I'm working during the week. It's a lot of um, workshops and sessions with um, school groups during cool. during the mornings, uh, which is really fun. It's uh, basically like being a teacher, but you have <laughs> fossils in the classroom, which is awesome. Nice. Um, the best of both worlds. <laughs> yeah, the best of both worlds. Absolutely. I mean, I, I don't love those kind of lessons when I was a kid. <laughs> um, and then uh, on, on um, holidays and uh, weekends as well and evenings, I'm kind of talking to the general public, so families. So uh, I, I'll be doing talks um, in the gallery, uh, in auditoriums. Uh, we, we do tours, um, behind-the-scenes areas, um, su stuff like that. Um, yeah, so kind of engaging with people from all walks of uh, society. And I think that's what makes museums really special, is no, no matter you know what access you have to, like, wild animals or, or the natural world you know in your normal life you can come to the museum and you can experience that stuff and uh, yeah. talk to people and learn learn loads of stuff that you wouldn't wouldn't actually find out about normally yeah definitely I think that's a really good way of putting it actually it kind of is accessible for all so no matter who you are you can go and learn something and that's ultimately what you take away from it which is really nice yeah um so I did have a question in my head then it's kind yeah. of faded but i think i'm slowly getting back to what I, i've got it i've got it <laughs> um so i was gonna say um what what is it like so i imagine a lot of listeners would be quite interested because obviously 
a museum when you go into it and you see it functioning it's very much a case of you have different areas that you can access and that's it but yeah. i imagine that there's a lot more that kind of goes on behind the scenes because there's yeah. obviously a lot of actual science work that is done in museums as well yeah. um behind the scenes so do you ever get to kind of cross over and see a lot of that going on that the general public might not get to absolutely so um at the museum we're currently working at only about 20 percent of the museum's collection is on display to the general public Boy. So, so like uh, like most of the stuff is kept behind the scenes and that's not because they want to hide it or anything it's just there's so much you can't put yeah. it on display and we're talking about uh, specimens of all sorts of sizes and shapes so uh, that, that includes tiny things like worms, you know, in, in jars and such. But yeah. there is absolutely millions and millions of uh, things in museum collections that people don't get to look at. And I've been uh, really, really quite lucky myself in that um, I've done a bit of work um, behind the scenes in those collection areas. So um, it, at a few museums I've worked at, um, I've, I've worked in the, um, the fossil uh, departments, cool. um, which was really cool getting to see... The, the the raw fossils still in the rock come in from a dinosaur dig and so yeah. I, I'd just be volunteering but um it, it still give you an idea of um the whole process um so I'd be kind of trying to identify some fossils that have just been brought back in a huge bag and they're like it's too much to sort <laughs> out for the paleontologists so they kind of you know okay we need some other people to work on this um who've got a good eye for this stuff um, and then um, also I did a bit of um, like 3D scanning oh, of cool. certain fossils. So um, they turn them into digital models so they can be sent out to other museums so scientists around the world can research them. Um, kind of a bit like how they scanned in the maquettes for the original Jurassic yeah. Park film cool. for the CGI model. Um, and uh, removing some rock um, from fossils uh, so they can be displayed properly and also a lot of uh, cataloging material because <laughs> yeah. with lots of collections they've been around for you know decades sometimes hundreds of years and they they really need to be sorted out in like a modern kind of system um but yeah there's hundreds and hundreds of scientists that work at museums um not just on dinosaurs you know on modern day animals and plants climate scientists all really really important work for advancing our knowledge of science generally. Um, so yeah, there, there's so much that happens at museums that you, you, you get an idea of, but you don't, you don't fully see. And I think that's a big part of museums in the modern day is um, kind of trying to bridge that gap and making a bit more transparent. So uh, you can kind of see what those scientists do by bringing them out, um, yeah. giving talks and such, yeah. No, that's really cool to hear because I think like obviously traditionally and I think Jurassic Park and Jurassic World kind of um, bring forward this stereotype a little bit more. Yeah. You obviously perceive of this work as being done in pristine bio lab somewhere, <laughs> like some secret InGen facility yeah. or something. <laughs> but actually it's really interesting when you realise that a lot of this goes on in museums and museums yeah. aren't just a place for the past they're actually somewhere where a lot of work is going into the future as well yeah. so yeah. yeah i think that's really really cool and i think that's something that not a lot of many people realize yeah. um 
So we will talk about Jurassic World in a second, but I'm quite interested. Does your um, role with your job mean that you get to keep yourself in the loop with the most recent scientific discoveries? So things like the Spinosaurus recently, for example, do you tend to find yourself reading up on all that kind of stuff to sort of keep yourself in the loop with it and ready to share that information? Absolutely. Um, like I, I said a bit earlier about like blowing people's minds, I think that yeah. source <laughs> discovery is a great example. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's completely different to what we thought it was, uh, you know. And it it keeps changing every few years. Spinosaurus keeps changing, and it's amazing. It's it's fantastic that this is such a dynamic um, kind of uh, subject area where things you think are like. I mean, pardon the phrase, but set in stone <laughs> actually aren't. You know, you find yeah. a new stone with something else in it, which is cool. So, yeah, I, I um, well, it's kind of my duty to kind of keep keep myself read up on these things um, so I can share it with the public um, and make sure that even if maybe some displays uh, are still show older information that they can come to us and we can say, hey, well, you know, Spinosaurus actually had like a tadpole tail. Isn't that crazy? And they're like, what? Why? They're like, oh, why do you think? And uh, get people thinking about stuff. Um, I think that's a big part. It's not just telling people stuff, but getting them to work it out themselves as well. Um, yeah. Thinking scientifically. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's important. I always say to people, one of the things that I always try and think whenever I go to a museum is for if you're looking at a skeleton, actually that's not necessarily an accurate perception of mm. the size of an animal because obviously you have things like musculature and skin yeah. to account for so actually although you have um this massive kind of skeleton in front of you like i remember the um one that was really cool was the protoceratops yeah, yeah. the protoceratops that i saw at the carnegie in pittsburgh um, you look at that and you see the weird shape of the skull and it's only then that you kind of click, wow, this was something that was actually real at one point and had all of that musculature and like that kind of life is the best way of describing it. Yeah. Like it actually had that at some point. And I always think of that something that people don't fully appreciate when they see skeletons mm. until you really like encourage them to think more about the fact that yes, that was actually an animal at some point. Yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, and, and also along those similar lines that um, a lot of the time when, when we find fossils and skeletons, it's, it's very rarely anywhere near complete as well. Yeah. And I think, yeah, like the Spinosaurus, that's a great way to kind of show people there's so much effort and work goes into these. You don't just find a skeleton in the ground and go, all right, put that on the wall. <laughs> it's, it's so many people at different stages along that journey. And uh, and yeah, it's, it's, it's great kind of giving that over to the people that come and visit the museum and think, oh, why do you think these decisions were made? Or what do you think this was for? How do you think they worked that thing out? Like, oh, it's got big teeth big sharp teeth what <laughs> yeah. do you think it ain't you know for a, an easy example but yeah um getting people to think about how the scientists think um yeah yeah i think that's cool and that obviously makes people feel more engaged in the work and everything that goes in behind the scenes as well which we can talk about more a little bit later yeah um so obviously back in 1993 
a little known film, which is the reason we are here tonight, and yes. Jurassic Park came out, and that had quite a profound effect on the paleontology scene with a lot of people going into the field and researching it. And yeah. I'm interested, obviously, Jurassic World has come out, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, we've got dinosaur toys on shelves, we've got video games. Has all of that had you see kind of a growth in visitors and an interest in dinosaurs again? Has it kind of been quite easy to see that that's had an impact or is it a lot more kind of subtle in terms of growth? Oh, 100%. 100% I've seen the impact. <laughs> uh, to fully like answer this, there's a bit of context that um, I, I grew up um, in that gap between Jurassic Park 3 and Jurassic World. That was where... Yeah most of my childhood was that makes and, two of us <laughs> yeah exactly and i'm sure as you remember there was sparse dinosaur related stuff around we had Prime uh, evil which we had Prime fed up with me talking about at oh. this point but yeah <laughs> <laughs> maybe we'll save that conversation for another time then. yeah yeah <laughs> primeval yeah primeval a few documentaries it was prehistoric park but aside from that there was nothing big uh in terms of dinosaur stuff and now we've got these huge, like, superstar blockbusters again, and the amount of people coming in wearing Jurassic World, Jurassic Park shirts is is crazy. Like, people yeah. come in, they know the dinosaurs now. They know specific ones that they want to learn about. Like, I'd say 10 years ago, one in 100 people might have heard of a Mosasaur, right? And that seems like everyone knows what, yeah. what a Mosasaur is, which is insane, like... I'm sure most people kind of thought, oh, it was a swimming things, Loch Ness monster, you know. But a mosasaur is the fact that such a kind of obscure species for what it was, a, you know, a few years ago is now like common knowledge is absolutely amazing. Um, I feel really lucky that um, in the position where I work, I get to speak to people about this and see how much of a positive impact. Uh, Jurassic, the Jurassic World films and like everything that's come out around it has because it's not just the films it's the things around it as well yeah definitely that's really good to hear so do you have obviously you mentioned earlier you do a lot of children's workshops and yeah. things like that do you have kids who will ask you about their favorite dinosaur from yes. the films and want to learn more about them <laughs> yeah so um so yeah like obviously there's there's now more dinosaurs to choose from for your favorite in terms of yeah. the films, right? You've got these weirder ones that people, you know, probably didn't know much about for like Baryonyx and uh, Cynoceratops and <laughs> yeah. such. Um, we will occasionally have uh, someone coming in like, where's the uh, Indominus Rex skeleton? <laughs> <laughs> My favorite dinosaur is Indoraptor. What can you tell me about <laughs> And it's a careful line to tread because you don't want to crush kids' dreams by just saying that's not a real dinosaur. So it's <laughs> yeah. kind of like, oh, that's a great dinosaur in the movie, but maybe here's some dinosaurs we have in real life that are similar, you know. Um, but yeah, so not going full Alan Grant with like no. super straight to the point. <laughs> no. no, 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 I couldn't do that. <laughs> Ruin their day at the museum. Yeah. <laughs> Um, what's been really, really cool um, is actually seeing kids bring in their Jurassic World toys, uh, oh, yeah. like the Mattel ones. So um, there's so many like obscure species that they've made that there's just no toys of them before. 
And now yeah. kids are coming like, this is my favorite dinosaur. I'm like, what is it? Metriacanthosaurus. It's like, <laughs> like yeah. it's just such an obscure. That dinosaur's known from a few bones. Like, it, it's not yeah. a well-known dinosaur, but thanks to the, the toys that kids know about, like, Suchomimus, like, these weird species you can get in toy form before. Now kids are like, this is my favorite dinosaur toy. This is my favorite dinosaur. And it's like, this is incredible that we've had all of this stuff around the movies, especially those toys, which are really, really well done. And um, the fact that it's just broadening people's, like, knowledge of different types of dinosaurs. And I think you were saying earlier about um, Colin checking the, the facts on the website, but there's that, the facts app with the dinosaur toys as well. Yeah. So you can learn from the toys themselves. It's, it's absolutely fantastic. So I'm interested. Do you feel like that technology element there has perhaps exasperated the impact that Jurassic is having this time around because obviously there's YouTube there's social media there's so many more ways for people to engage with the brand than there was back in 1993 that's a really really good point yeah um I can't speak for 1993 <laughs> that one um but yeah I, I I can imagine actually yeah with um and like the stuff like the uh the online shorts like the lego stuff um the lego shorts yeah. and stuff like there's um yeah so much more like content i feel like now than there was back then it was huge back then and i understand yeah probably yeah i would have said um yeah definitely technology would have yeah. would have played a part in this you yeah, know that's really really good to hear so um yeah i guess like when it comes to things like the film releases for example do you tend to see a sudden influx in visitors to museums after one of the new films releases like do you have people who suddenly want to go and learn more afterwards yeah i, I definitely i definitely would say so I, I definitely experienced that with uh fallen kingdom okay um, cool. yeah the, the the museum i was at we we got in loads of the the merchandise of fallen kingdom nice well. and it was it was absolutely crazy that was a really really I'm sure, as as it was for you, that was a great summer. Just, yeah. just general vibe and stuff, being in a museum, um, and yeah, just so so many kids uh, just coming in and wanting to learn about specific dinosaurs, and that's what I really like about it. It's it's it's, it's that they have their favorites, and these favorites are like not your old common ones. I mean, obviously, T Rex is still like the majority of yeah. people's favorite but the fact <laughs> that you've got these weird ones sprinkled in like you've yeah. got like oh yeah i really like stiggy moller because like wow <laughs> yeah. that's crazy that's great <laughs> yeah no yeah i agree with that i think it's been interesting as well because obviously i've kind of seen all the films and everyone's always like oh you're really into jurassic park you must know a lot about dinosaurs but i'm like no actually for me everything that's going on right now is a really interesting vessel to learn more as well yeah. i mean i got really excited because just before lockdown i got to go to the horniman museum in london oh, nice. and for the first time i saw a ramphosinkus um yeah. skeleton and I had never seen one before. Yeah. And like two months before that, I had no clue what that predator was. So to like go from suddenly knowing that and having a little figure of it to yeah. seeing it in person is so surreal. And I think <laughs> it goes back to grounding these as really, really real animals as well. 
Yeah, it's like beating um, your heroes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it goes further to your larger point of obviously exploring the relationship with animals now as well, because it kind yeah. of makes you reflect on the animals that occupy the planet now and how they might have once been related to these creatures. So I think that's quite fascinating. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would... Although I said I don't want to talk about it because I don't get the opportunity to talk to anyone else because, Brad, if you're listening, you haven't watched it and you really need to. Um, I'm interested. Did Primeval have an influence on you getting into your work with museums as well and kind of seeing Nigel Marvin in Prehistoric Park? <laughs> Nigel Marvin. Uh, <laughs> he is a hero around the office when <laughs> when we're in office. Uh, but, yeah, yeah. Um, massive massive influence as well because that was uh yeah no no jurassic films but there was a great load of british television based around dinosaurs around that time but primeval um i mean i'm called connor the dino nerd in that program is called connor you know (laughs) You put two and two together, of course, it's going to be an influence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I, I used to love um, watching that show when it was on TV. And that came came out around the right time. You know, I was a teenager and it was a bit more, bit more edgy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, um, I think ultimately it was, it was Jurassic because that was what I saw as a kid. And it is the one that is kind of sustained the whole way. But I think shows like that, like um, the Nigel Marvin stuff and the and the Primeval ones, were great to kind of like uh, keep the interest up during those kinds of down periods. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, cool. That's good to hear, and I think that makes sense because I mean, for a lot of us, so I know I've said in the past I was a late bloomer to Jurassic, and I kind of experienced Primeval first, and then discovered yeah. Jurassic after. I yeah. think I was very lucky in that regard obviously we had that show we had terra nova uh prehistoric park like you mentioned just so much stuff to kind of carry us over um before we got back to jurassic um so obviously we said that we talked a little bit about how you can get into museum work but i do just want to egress quickly a little bit and obviously while we're talking about jurassic world it's had an impact on its uh, on visitors to museums mm-hmm. um, but I'm interested what kind of impact has it had on you because I know that you've been doing a lot more repaints and things like that recently so it'd be kind of cool to give people a flavour of that um, just because obviously later we'll let them know where they can follow you and things like that so I think it would be nice for them to kind of get an idea of how it's still influencing you outside of work as well. Yeah sure so um, yeah as, as I was saying like we're, we're super lucky to have all of this amazing stuff and content around the movies uh i think they're doing a really good job of building up this like franchise basically yeah. rather than just like a film series there's all of this stuff so i <laughs> i i yeah so in that period between jp3 and jurassic world what kind of tied me over back then was the the, the kenner toys the hasbro toys yeah. and then uh operation genesis uh the fantastic park building nice. game and it's, I still need to play it. <laughs> oh, it's so good. You've got to play it. It's so good. Um, but, um, but it's kind of weird how those were the things in my childhood, and now they have been kind of mirrored by the stuff that came out around Fallen Kingdom. So now you've got Jurassic World Evolution, which is for all intents and purposes like a remake of Operation Genesis, yeah. 
Um, so I've been I've <laughs> played a ridiculous amount of that, and uh, I've I've shared um, sharing quite a few um, screenshots and stuff of yeah, that. On and they've been really cool. I love how atmospheric you're getting with some of them. Like the battle of big rock ones were really awesome. Oh yeah, it's it's re- uh, that capture mode in that game is really really fun to play yeah. around with. I I barely build parks anymore. <laughs> Just like <laughs> taking a look at everything from different angles. It's so much. Um, time and care has been put into the different models and dinosaurs in that game is fantastic so yeah I've been doing that and also um, yeah keeping myself busy during this current time period I've been um, doing some uh, my first repaints um, well I say first but I did a few when I was (laughs) a kid that (laughs) probably don't bear or bringing up but um, but yeah really inspired by kind of people like like Ted Brothers on Instagram um that go these Mattel sculpts are so detailed and with a different paint application really brings out the details I've been doing a few of those as well so um this is over on my Instagram uh Connor Ontology uh, if anyone's interested in checking it out I'll get you to shout that out again at the end of the show so we can make sure people go and check it out as well because you've been (laughs) having a lot of fun with them and it's cool and I think it's um things like that so obviously here on the podcast we've been pushing stay safe stay jurassic and i think that things like that can really inspire other people because obviously i mean for me i am a bit like you where i remember i tried to repaint a clone trooper figure once as a kid and it turned out looking (laughs) like he had fallen in a muddy puddle so i never did it again but actually, now I'm like, oh, maybe it's the time to pick it up. So I think yeah. it's nice that there's so many positive people out there influencing um, people to get more involved. And I think equally yeah. that kind of expands to museums as well. Because if you have somebody who goes to a museum, they get to talk to somebody like yourself, then they might go away feeling more inspired to get involved in online communities and things like that. So it really does all kind of circle back to finding things that people are passionate about and encouraging them to engage with them I think um so you spoke quite nicely about how obviously Jurassic World Evolution and all of the toys currently are almost like a revisit to 93 childhood I suppose or (laughs) our childhood at least yeah um so I'm interested for people who are growing up now and for people who are perhaps a new generation of Jurassic fan, how can they sort of get into the kind of museum work that you're doing and what really led you to get into that? Like what was the process behind doing that? Yeah. Um, so like I said earlier, there's, there's so many different roles in museums. There really is something for everyone. So I can only really speak from, um, my kind of personal um, area, and I'm, I'm by no means a, a paleontologist. <laughs> um, I work in a museum, but that does not make me a paleontologist. There are loads of fantastic ones out there, though. Um, um, but basically, um, I kind of realised from from not an early age, but when I was still in school, that I really, really enjoyed explaining things to people. Yeah. Um, and so that kind of led me down this route. But in terms of getting into museums, I've got to say that the most, one of the most important things um, is kind of starting off volunteering, yeah. um, like anywhere you really can and getting that experience. So um, if you're if you're lucky enough to to, to live uh, you know close to a museum, you can have a look at their volunteering program and scheme. Um, that they've got going on. There's usually volunteers that like are at the front of the house. There's volunteers helping out 
with the stuff behind the scenes and the collections. But quite often, going from one going into one volunteering position can open up doors to another as you get to know people. That's exactly yeah. how I got started. Was that I I volunteered while I was still I went to university while I was still at university, and um, and that was a really good way of kind of seeing what there was around a museum. Um, it, it cannot be un, uh, understated uh, the importance of kind of volunteering because it shows that you're you're really passionate about the subject and you're willing to give up your time to help out without money. Um, and that really does leave a big impact on the people at the museum. Um, and then you can kind of see what roles they might be going and kind of transition over and such. Um, so but even if there isn't a museum near you, Getting volunteer experience anywhere is really helpful. Yeah. Loads of transferable skills. Um, obviously, places like parks and town halls, they have a similar kind of uh, vibe to a museum. And they're, they're a bit more numerous as well. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, visitor centres, those sorts of things. Um, yes, volunteer but, on Isla Nublar at yes, the visitor centre. Center, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate place to volunteer. <laughs> But yeah, just uh, basically that that would be my my number one key piece of advice is as soon as you're old enough to start volunteering is is to go out there and do it and get some experience. And then you can kind of get a feel for what works for you, what doesn't work for you and such. And um, I, did, I, I mentioned that I, I went to university. So in, in certain roles, it does help to have a, a scientific kind of background, but that yeah. is not 100% necessary. I've loads of colleagues that don't loads and loads of colleagues that don't and it's it, it's that it's that passion that got them to where they are and it's that that willingness to kind of go in and kind of show yourself for who you are and uh, and volunteer i think that is um that's 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 pretty much my key piece of advice that i could give to anyone who's uh, who's interested just from my personal experience there's obviously loads of different ways to get in but that's that's from my experience yeah no, cool. That makes a lot of sense. So I guess off the back of that, um, if you could summarise in a couple of sentences why you like working at a museum so much, what would you say to people? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I like how you get to, you feel like you're part of something a lot bigger, um, not just because of all the people that work there, but all the, the science and the research that's being done. You know, it's quite important. Um, and I, I, and also being able to, like I said before, kind of expand people's kinds of understanding and, and blowing their minds over all these really cool things that we have in the museum and are happening around the museum. I think that's a really key part of it. It's just kind of um, educating people on on these weird things they might not have a great idea of, and then they walk out, they're going, wow there's so much going on in the world and I can go explore it now is just kind of giving people the power to go out there and make those discoveries themselves is just absolutely fantastic. And I'm addicted to it basically. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. It's important. It's important you enjoy works then you get a lot more away from it as well. Yeah. And I think for all of us as fans of dinosaurs, there's not really much more of a better job than something where you get to get hands on with that level of history every single day. Um, yeah. So it's really, really awesome. Cool. Well, um, yeah, I think that kind of about wraps it up. I think it's been quite interesting hearing kind of about your experiences working in a museum, because obviously 
you have perceptions of what you think it would be, but actually it's a little bit different and there's a lot more that goes on behind the scenes that people don't necessarily always get to appreciate. So it's been really, really cool. And obviously it's always fun talking to somebody who has an appreciation for the finer British dinosaur shows as well. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess we'll wrap up by just letting people know where they can find you on social media, Connor. Yeah, sure. So, uh, yeah, I uh, mentioned earlier, I've got um Instagram profile, which is uh, Connor Ontology. Um, that I'm also on Twitter uh, as well, Connor Ontology. That's one N in Connor. Um, but, yeah, that, um, both those I post uh, relatively often. Um, but, yeah, you can find me over there. Cool. Yeah, I would definitely say go and check them out. Lots of really, really cool Jurassic World Evolution content, especially. Um, and I think you guys would really enjoy it. Well... Thank you so much for coming on this evening. I say this evening, you guys will probably be listening at a different <laughs> time, but you know, it's been a lot of fun, Connor. So yeah. Yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure. This has been awesome. So thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no worries. Definitely get you back on at some point as well for sure. Cool. Cool. Sweet. Well, that has been another episode of the Innovation Center, guys. I hope you have enjoyed it. And as always, stay tuned for more from me and everyone else here on the Jurassic Park podcast very, very soon. Thank you so much for listening to the 247th episode of the Jurassic Park podcast. Thank you so, so much to Tom. He works so hard and and always is producing great content. So thank you for another uh, episode of the Innovation Center. It was so great to get that insight into museum work and museum life. And, and, you know, it's not something that uh, we often get to showcase here on the podcast. So I'm uh, grateful to Tom and, of course, to Connor for coming on to discuss that as well. And uh, Connor does have a new segment coming up in a few weeks' time. So if you liked this one... There's plenty more where that came from, but uh, that wraps it up for this episode. I appreciate each and every one of you for listening, and if Jurassic Park or Jurassic World has inspired you uh, to work as a paleontologist or museum professional, I think that is absolutely incredible. It's so great to have something like this film franchise inspire your life's work. And if you're thinking about heading in that direction, go for it. Do not hesitate. Um, if you love you know, that career path, just do it. Go for it. This is a franchise that has inspired so many to work in paleontology, in museums, um, or just really just in the film industry itself. So just do not miss your chance to work within your passion. I know you probably hear people say that a lot, but really, seriously, take the advice to heart and do what you want to do. But again, that's all I have for you guys today. Thank you so, so much for listening. Stay safe, and we'll see you all next week. I'm going to hand it off to myself for the outro. Thank you, everybody. Saddle up. Let's get this movable feast underway. Please give us a follow on Twitter, at Jurassic Park Pod, and myself, at Brad Jost. Also on Facebook and Instagram at Jurassic Park Podcast. Don't forget to join the Jurassic Park Podcast group on Facebook. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, our website, or wherever else podcasts are found. So please be sure to subscribe. 
Also, don't miss our toy hunts and reviews, in-depth bonus content, live streams, gameplay, events and theme park coverage, and so much more on our YouTube channel. If you haven't already, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We will read your reviews at the end of every episode, so please be sure to spare no expense. Don't miss us on the web at JurassicParkPodcast.com, where you'll find today's episode show notes, wonderful articles, bios from our contributors, and so much more. If you want to get a hold of us, you can fill out the contact form on our website or email us, JurassicParkPod at gmail.com. We're always looking for new segments, contributors, mailbag submissions, or anybody who just wants to say hello. Feel free to call our voicemail line at any time to leave us a message. That number is 732-825-7763. Thanks for listening, and enjoy! Five minutes. Drop what you're doing and leave now. Okay, team, listen up. We've got a new predator on the loose. Not you, Blue. The predator we're talking about is the coronavirus. Now I'm going to help you spot the main symptoms in the wild. First, watch out for a high fever. Second, a dry cough like this. Third, trouble breathing. It might even sound like this. Whoa, whoa, back up, Blue. Don't forget about social distancing. Keep at least six feet away from anyone you don't live with. Good job, Blue. We all have to be extra vigilant if we want to beat this virus, even if we don't have any symptoms. That means always protecting ourselves and each other, because this virus, it's invisible. It's made up of germs just like these. It could literally be anywhere. It attacks our bodies. Oh, Blue! Hang on, Blue. Drop it. Drop it. It's okay, girl. It's okay. Which brings me to my last point. Always wash your hands thoroughly for at least 20 seconds with soap and warm water. No! Hey, come back here! Remember, we're all in this together. Teamwork is our best defense. Blue, blue, no! Don't eat the soap! Drop that right now! Oh, should be burping bubbles for a week! 